0: welcome back to Culturally Conscious, a podcast for those who are incessantly curious about the world around them. Here we'll mindfully explore the human experience through the lens of culture, consciousness, and compassion.
1: Today we're going to be welcoming my friend and professional astrologer Gina Maffey to to the show to tell us about how astrology and culture are deeply intertwined. Thank you so much for being with us
2: here today. I know! Oh my god I'm so excited I'm so I'm so happy that you and I met because we met at like this time in our lives where we just had like so much alignment with our, our projects and our passions and it's like we literally met like a week ago and here we are in this podcast and I'm like meeting Alondra and this is just like such a fun experience I'm so it's excited it's been
1: so serendipitous <laughs> and every single time you and I talk it's just so Easy to to communicate with you. I feel like we're you know yeah. we're we're vibing on a different frequency. We're both spiritual girlies. We're both trying to understand the world around us. Alondra is exactly like that too. So I was like, oh, I gotta bring Gina into this like this environment. I just know you're gonna shine. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm really excited to meet you, Gina, and I'm excited to like pick your brain about everything astrology and other things. I don't know. Maybe we you can chat you a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Gina's lived in both Mexico and Costa Rica, so you guys would actually have a lot to talk about. Yeah, lots to chat about. (laughs) So Gina, if you want to tell us your big three to get started, and if you could explain what a big
2: three or what the big three placements are. Yeah, so the big three are your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign. So I'm an intuitive astrologer. My background is in Hellenistic astrology. Um, I also have a degree in philosophy, so I focus a lot on comparative philosophy between the West and the East, um, and so astrology kind of weaved its way into that. So for me, my perspective of the sun sign is really this mask that we wear to navigate through society, and this is really more of a Western, modern perspective, um, or really more so how I think we're interpreting the sun sign today, so a lot of times you'll read that the sun sign is like, oh, it's it's your true self. It's your ego. In fact, I actually just did an experiment um, in ChatGPT because I, I also work in tech. I work with AI. And I asked ChatGPT to describe what a sun sign is. And it literally said word for word, it's your essence and it's your ego, which is such a Western concept. It's um, such a modern concept as well. That is not how I interpret the sun sign. Um, the sun sign in the Hellenistic tradition is really more of the opposite. So it's really the mask that you actually wear to navigate through society. And your rising sign is who you are in the inside. So your rising sign is in your relaxed state when there's no no need to to hop into survival mode. No trauma response is needed. Who are you at your essence, at your baseline? Right when all is well, who are you? And your sun sign is really when all is not well, when you're in survival mode, when you're navigating through Western society, that's more who you are. And then your moon sign, your moon sign is really your emotional nature. That's that's arguably fixed. It's static. It's going to be your emotional needs that you'll have throughout your whole life. Um, you can't particularly outgrow um, or evolve past your moon sign. It's, it's not bad or good. It's just how you, how you interpret your emotions and how you react emotionally um, pretty much throughout your whole life. So the big three is taking a look at who you are on the outside, who you are on the inside, and then who, who your emotional self really looks like. So my big three, I'm a Scorpio sun, I'm a Leo rising, and my moon is in Virgo. So, so what does that mean for you as
1: what's kind of your overall overbrief of... Those three placements together for you.
2: Yeah, so for me, my sun sign is in my fourth house, so it's in my house of home, family, the mother. Um, I also have my Chiron there, and I have my Mercury there. Um, so there's a lot of attention in my chart on the the bottom half of that chart and the the lowest point in the chart, the closest, the most deepest part of of my life. Um, so for me, I'm I really lean into being more. Uh, internal, more to myself. I can be more investigative and inquisitive and curious about other people. I don't love other people being that way towards me. Um, So my mask that I kind of wear is is really navigating the world through whether or not I'm safe. Uh, Scorpio is all about safety. Um, It's all about it's all about death and rebirth. So when is it time to let go? When is it time to stay? Um, In the hardest times, the easiest times. So that's something that I ask myself constantly we're living in a survival state living in the west so i'm I'm, my sun sign is always turned on um my rising sign like i said that's leo so when i'm with people that i love when i'm in a relaxed state when i'm feeling comfortable when there is no need to like live in survival mode the hustle culture i don't have to push myself to get through a hard time i i embody the traits of leo so that's very heart-centered right it's very caring very nurturing um it's it's also there's, there's a leadership element to Leo. It's let's lead together. So it's very community oriented. Um, and Leo is a fire science, so it's incredibly passionate. It has that, it's like I said, it's associated with the heart. Um, it's it's associated with the fifth house. So it's it's performative, it's, it's creative, it's theatrical, but it's also loving and grounded. Um, there's like I said, there's a leadership quality as well. And so that really comes out, like I said, when I'm, I'm more so in a relaxed state. Um, and and when, I was, when I say relaxed state, what I mean by that is my nervous system is relaxed. So I'm not just like chilling on the couch. It's like I genuinely body, mind, spirit, I'm chilling. Like I'm feeling great. Um, And then my moon sign. So like I said, my moon sign's in Virgo. So that's actually conjunct with my north node in my second house. So all that to say my my emotional state is really part of my purpose or it's it's something that's gonna be a constant focus throughout my life. Seeing as it's conjunct the north node. So when we have a moon in Virgo, moon in Virgo, it's similar to Scorpio in that uh, Virgo and Scorpio are both very inquisitive. Virgo is more so how do I problem solve? Um, so it's very systematic. It's it's very interested in organization. It's interested in routine. I need predictability in my life, or else I don't feel emotionally safe. Um, I need to have a routine in my life, or else I feel emotionally ungrounded. Um, so these are these are the kind of things that I I kind of hop back and forth from throughout my life. That's really what your big three is all about.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because Alondra is a Scorpio rising, so right. that's, that's who she is when she's not in her traumatized state, so <laughs> I want to because you don't know Alondra at all, so I would love for Alondra to say her placements, and for you, just based off of those three astrological placements, what you can kind of piece together of how Alondra might be as a human, and then we can hear, and we can say, eh, wrong, or 100%, <laughs> yes, that's so her <laughs> That's so funny.
0: Yeah, the whole time she was talking about her Scorpio rising, I was like, or sorry, did you say Scorpio sun? I was like, because I have a Scorpio rising. So I was like, wait, how does that compare to because the way that you're kind of explaining the whole sun, moon rising, I've I've never heard of like that explanation, the whole like survival versus like, you know, relaxed or whatever. So now I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Like what does that mean for me? Because I've been like viewing it in like a different way, where like you said, the sun is like your ego and, or you know all of that. So, okay, something to think about. Anyway, so okay, my sun is Taurus, like Miss Becca over here. Um, I have a Scorpio rising, and I have a Pisces moon.
2: <laughs> yeah. <Thoughts>? So. <laughs> yeah the, the first thing I want to say is the whole the. The concept or the theory behind my argument that the sun sign is really how we navigate—we're in survival mode. Um, that's that's an observation that I've just come across through my own philosophical research, as well as reading charts. I've been reading charts since I was since 2018, um, and I happen to notice that, you know, in the West, there's so much emphasis on developing the ego. Right. So our sun sign—that's that's like I said—it's our survival mode. It's how we navigate society, and oftentimes when we lean into the sun sign. We can we can kind of move up in society, right? Because the ego is very valued in the West, right? Who are you? Who is this fixed thing? If you stick with this fixed thing and you ride it out, you know, hard work, dedication, consistency, independence, competition, these are all Western ideas. So leaning into our sun sign, leaning in always kind of being a little scared, not really knowing if it's safe or not, that's very motivating. Fear is very motivating in the West. So that's why a lot of times you might see online, you might see some modern astrologers on YouTube talking about your sun sign is who you really are. Well, in a way it is because we are our sun sign for the most part, right? Growing up in the West, but a rising sign, you were saying, yeah, so how does that compare to, to my rising sign being in Scorpio when you're just talking about your rising sign or your sun sign being in Scorpio? So my sun sign in Scorpio, these, these are the the differences. There can be shadow traits that kind of come out with the Scorpio signs. So it's about ego. It's about safety. When you have a Scorpio rising, the the really beautiful elements of Scorpio come out. Who are safe, right? So Scorpio is incredibly reliable on an emotional level. Anyone who has strong Scorpio elements, they have gone through hell and back, right? And the the reason for being for Scorpio is, we go all the way down so we can come all the way back up and support others who happen to go to fall all the way down and rise back up. That's very Scorpio rising. Right, no pun intended. So really being a rock, an emotional rock, because you can absorb so much, right? Scorpio is such a dark energy, it absorbs, right? So that's Scorpio rising, like that's really, those are really some beautiful traits there. And and again, that's your essence, that's your true self. Um, The Taurus sun, we love a double fixed, (laughs) double fixed girly. Taurus suns, that would be actually opposing the ascendant, that's in the seventh house, right? So you have your, your Scorpio in the first house, your, your first house is really about yourself. Your seventh house is your, is your opposite, right? So these are your close pe- friends, these are your people that mirror you, right? So that's why a lot of times we see in, in kind of generic compatibility reports, you know, Scorpio and Taurus, oh, they're a perfect match, you know, and it's, well, maybe, you know, but they're also opposing, right? So you have your sun and opposing your, your sun sign, You're, you have your, who you truly are versus who you kind of have to be. Um, and those can often be at very clear odds with each other. You know, it's like you want to show up in one way, but you have to show up in another way. You know, based on the circumstances and and Scorpio, uh, Scorpio, Taurus, Sun. I'm sure Becca can relate to this as well, right? It's fixed Earth, right? So it's stubborn. It likes it likes things to be. Uh, you know, they don't really like change very much. None of the fixed signs like change very much, but it can be in 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 elements or it can be in scenarios where it really has to do with with uh, you know Taurian Earth. So it's 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 things like you might not like change in your environment. You know, you might not like change in your close friends. You know, it's, it's, you don't like change that, that you don't really have control over. Um That's, that's a very fixed sign. If you want to make a change, it has to be on your, your terms. Um, and then you said, you know, Pisces moon. Yeah. So <laughs> the Pisces moon, I, Pisces moons, I, it, it's almost like having a moon in the 12th house. It's, it's like, there's so, and with the Scorpio rising, it's like, oh my gosh, girl, like you are, you go through a lot of shit and don't you feel emotional about it? Like, don't you just feel it all? Like, I bet you there are people that go through this shit and you're like, how do you not feel this? I feel so exposed. Like, how are you just, like, If someone else goes through something that you're going through, you're like, how are you not like going crazy right now? How are you not losing your mind? Like it just you feel everything like to the absolute max. Um (laughs) the the thing with with Pisces moons, one of the things that I always advise when I see a Pisces moon is boundaries are so important. Um, you know, emotional boundaries are are hugely important for you. And it's something that you might have to work on throughout your life, having setting boundaries with everybody. Um, you know it's not particularly a skill you need to develop it's it's a rule you need to practice um, anyone who has strong Pisces I would I would recommend that just in general but
1: yeah and she has a Pisces Venus and I think Jupiter and Pisces so she's she's got a lot of Piscean energy I
2: think I have
0: multiple yeah i Scorpio th- placements too right I'm like mostly water I think I think I'm mostly water I think I have multiple Scorpio and multiple Pisces placements Yeah. So I, yeah, I have multiple Pisces placements. So I'm looking at my chart now because, you know, might as well pull it up while we're here. Um, So yeah, Pisces, moon, Pisces, Venus, Pisces, Jupiter,
2: and then Scorpio. What's Chiron? So your Chiron, the way that I've learned Chiron is your Chiron is really the it's like your achilles heel it's like the biggest pain point for you um i've seen it as it's it's your biggest trauma it's your it's your core wounding um i would that that would be the general definition okay it's scorpio and i have a scorpio rising too interesting yeah very interesting you have a lot of water going on that's for sure I'm an emotional girl <laughs> that's why I felt so
0: exposed when you were saying all of that because you were like she's had some hard times or whatever I was like damn it <laughs> yeah. you're yeah, right yeah
2: and any strong Scorpio like you're gonna continue having just like these crazy battles that's just that's just the cards we've been dealt I know <laughs> great <laughs> like it's never smooth sailing
1: i've never been happier to have zero scorpio placements in this moment after this conversation i'm like wow i can't wait for my life which is (laughs) meanwhile elantra's like all water i have zero water placements except for my cancer midheaven so i feel like i'm barely i'm barely hanging on i know i'm hanging on well emotionally but at the same time i feel like i'm never i'm never sure and then just for you know so everyone knows my big three i'm a taurus son or i have a Taurus Aquarius moon and libra rising so again a lot of air a lot of earth but a lot of air a lot of woohoo, wee, like spinning around flying all over the place little social butterfly kind of energy that that's my interpretation of my birth chart i think and yeah <laughs> so gina do you want to tell us a little bit about just a brief explanation of astrology and brief history
2: of of the practice yeah so a lot of times when i hear people talk about the beginnings of astrology or the origins of astrology they always say it starts in mesopotamia it starts in babylon like it starts in these ancient cultures and the the systems of astrology like what we would actually officially call a system of astrology yeah it did start it did kind of start in mesopotamia for sure however if we kind of zoom out past that like fixed definition we've been trusting elements outside of ourselves forever and and specifically we've been trusting the stars the seasons the sun the moon the first form of mathematics for women figuring out that every 28 days they menstruate with the sun and they feel super energetic or menstruate with the sun that is so not true they menstruate with the moon sorry they menstruate with the moon and at some points in a season or in the 28 day cycle they're super energetic at some points they're super tired we've been associating elements or events on earth with events in the cosmos forever we've been syncing up agriculture navigation with the stars forever um and then zooming back to present day even though astrology isn't a system in the united states it's not its own distinct system we kind of borrow from a lot of cultures we still have this this almost like undercurrent of terminology you know trust your north star right is is there a full moon tonight right are people being crazy uh men are from mars women are from venus we've kind of had this languaging for for a very long time so it's never really gone away it's never really had um you know it's never really been questioned throughout history actually uh but i would say you know it's 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 been part of almost every single major civilization, right? So like I said, it's, it's astrology as we know it. it is really a system of correlation rather than causation. So while it's true that in Hinduism, right, in Jyotish, which is Vedic astrology, there's lore and there's myth and in, in Greek and Roman history, you know, there's lore and myth associated with the stars. You can believe that or you cannot believe that and astrology still holds true. Right? So it's a, it's both a, a craft and it's both a, a set of, of myth and lore and lessons. And it's also a system of data that we've been able to document throughout civilizations, throughout time. So astrology has been used really, you know, in religio cultures, like Hindu civilizations, as I mentioned, in India and in the Hellenistic era in Eastern Europe and the modern day, Middle East, the Roman empire, We had classes determined by education level, including astrological literacy. Um, We've had court astrologers in all major civilization used by kings and emperors, right, to not only make decisions on politics and war, but even to justify power. Um, So it's always been the system that's been part of uh, the decision making of society forever. So, you know, in the U.S., even in the colonial Americas, astrology was used in local government Um, It was used in the federal government, right? You have Thomas Jefferson, you have Benjamin Franklin studying astrology on their own. You have George Washington and and all the others figuring out dates to actually sign the Declaration of Independence using astrology. Um, We have the modern day or or more modern president, Ronald Reagan, who actually scheduled his inauguration for the governor of California using electional astrology, picking the exact day. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, it's a system that's it's a system that's both scientific and and a craft. Um, and it's based on correlation between elements or events that are happening on the planet and what's happening up in the stars. So that, that's that's a little bit of of an overview into to what it is both culturally and what it is as, as a literal uh, discipline.
1: Mm-hmm. And why do you think that today we in our culture have very I feel like astrology is almost controversial when in when you say, "Oh, I'm into astrology," or, or "Oh, hey, can I see, you know, your birth chart?" or "Can you tell me when you were born? I want to look at your birth chart," some people are like, "Ew, you believe in that? You dumb bitch! Like you're such an idiot." I'm speaking only of men, by the way, of course, <laughs> um, who react that way. And why do you think there's such a disconnect between being a quote unquote rational person and believing in astrology? Because again, as you said, and I've come upon this realization after studying my own, uh, doing my own research in astrology. It is so analytical and it's so, you know, it's very much like, well, this is this is what was happening in the sky. So this is what, you know, this is what's going to happen with you. And it's, I don't know. It, of course, there's a lot of interpretation for, for the astrologer, but to me, it's very, it's very analytical. So why do you think there's that disconnect that we have in our modern day culture?
2: Yeah, I think... I think this is an awesome question. It's something I've definitely thought about a lot um, in my own work. Um, I'm not a particularly esoteric astrologer, though I have studied lore both on my own and in an academic setting that relates to astrology in different cultures. Um, I, I tend to take a more grounded and practical approach. And what I one thing that I've realized in talking so, so much about it for so many years is that I think a lot of people in our society and in our culture think astrology is almost like this cheat sheet or this like secret code or this like system of hacks to figure people out. Um, I see that that there's a lot of dependence on astrology as fact. Um, You know, astrology, like I said, it's correlation. It's not causation. Just because my son happened to be uh, passing in the sign of Scorpio when I was born, or it was the season of Scorpio. That doesn't mean I'm X Y Z. It means there's there's data collected from that exact configuration that is associated with people born on that day who happen to have these traits. But I think I think there's a lot of um, misunderstanding. There's also a lot of unwillingness to learn. Um, you know, it's so easy to to Google. You know, Venus and Gemini guy. Or, you know, it's so easy to Google, like, what is, what does my career mean based on astrology? You know, it's, it's easy for us to access these things. And so I think it's, it can be very watered down and very surface level. And I think the, you know, this, this might be my Scorpio son speaking, but it's the, the joy of investigating what's really underneath the surface, you know, literally past these internet definitions of one thing and really, really exploring the system and the craft from a holistic view. That's very hard to do. You know, astrology is like learning a language you can google phrases and you can get by you know that's very comparable to just googling a sun sign or googling the compatibility chart for you and someone that you have a crush on um, versus really living in that country right and and absorbing not only the language but the the body language the customs the idioms right that that's really taking a more holistic view and that that's a lot of effort and i think people like I said, they view it as a cheat sheet almost when they're really missing. You know, if they just took the extra time, you know what? What does it really mean um, to have these to have these placements? That just takes a lot of time and effort, I think.
0: Okay, so we've been talking a lot about how astrology kind of shows shows up and is represented in the West, um, but how it, is it represented in the East, or how does it show up in the East?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think. Just in terms of how we understand astrology in the West, as we were kind of just hinting at it's, it's one of those things that's very popular right now, but also still quite occult and taboo. Um, you know, Western astrology just in general, right? That Hellenistic astrology, heliocentric ast- astrology, sun-centric astrology is largely personality-centric as well um so i think that's why it, it leans or it's kind of naturally leaned into emphasizing the sun um you know as we interpret it in the west but with eastern astrology eastern astrology and when i say that i'm specifically talking about vedic astrology that's what i have the most background in or the most knowledge in um it's it's more focused on the rising sign and i think that's a reflection of the culture also not being as focused on the individual ego um, you know, the further east you get, uh, really from from you know European society, from Western society, the less focus, arguably, on the ego that there is. It's a more collectivist society. It's not as focused on these Western principles of of individualism, right? Of of really developing who you are, right? It's it's not life in in an Eastern culture is not particularly focused on like you and you alone. Um, where where in the West, it's it's more so like that. So in the East, the rising sign, who you are in the inside, there's more of a focus there. And there's more there's more of a celebration when you can express that um, and really more in the Vedic traditions. And in general, the Vedic traditions tend to take a more holistic view of, of your birth chart, right? It's not sun-centric, it's not heliocentric, right? Every part of the chart is valued equally. Um, so it's not only about who you are, it's about who is meant to be in your life who, where would be the best place for you to settle down? Um, what kind of career would serve not only you, but your family and your community? So it's much more of a, of a focus on you as part of a, of a greater community. Um, so that's why the rising sign is much more emphasized. So the Vedic tradition is also, it's, it's much more focused on uh, myth and legend. You know, Jyotish is part of Hinduism. So it's, it's part of the religio culture of Hinduism and of India. It's more widely accepted because Hinduism is a part of, like I said, the religio culture of India. So it's it's not uncommon for kids to have birth chart readings when they're born, or, or you to have a compatibility reading before you get married. That's that's not super uh, crazy and taboo like it would be in the West. You know, if you ask some guy that you're dating hey let's get a compatibility reading because i might want to marry you in the west they're going to be like no like that's crazy what does that mean and the east are going to be like yeah i've already done this with someone else that i thought i was going to marry you know so um that the the cultural acceptance and the the meaning or the use cases for astrology are vastly different between the west and the east
1: yeah, yeah
0: it's... i oh. go ahead no go
1: ahead <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say i think it's so interesting because we get so caught up in our own culture that we're like oh astrology is blah 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 all of those maybe negative thoughts that we have about astrology but to see that it can be so deep deeply embedded within a culture that it's i don't know i mean it's arguably deeply embedded in our culture you know what you were saying about how we use our language to reflect you know we use nature in our language to reflect either parts of us or how we're feeling everything you were saying i almost wonder that you know, if one of the reasons why we are so hesitant about astrology here in the West is because we don't see ourselves as a part of nature and we, we feel very separate from nature. And I wonder if, you know, some countries in the East, like India, if a, a reason why that they feel so much more connected to astrology is because they're simply Connected to the land more and and more see themselves as a part of nature, not separate I think that 's also a theme that comes up in a lot of collectivist countries versus individualists. We focus so much on the ego and oh i 'm different from everyone else i 'm so i 'm not like anyone else i 'm me and I think it 's important to have that, but it 's also just undeniable that we are literally a part of nature, and of course, one, we impact nature, but n- nature impacts us so i don't know that's that's kind of my my thinking of why or one of the reasons
2: why of course we can have such a strong disconnect with astrology yeah for sure and and i think too when it comes to really the difference between the modern day interpretations of astrology in the west and the east it's also important to look at the the use cases right why do people in the west use astrology versus why do people in the east use astrology and west and east it's always going to be quite nuanced right it's not everybody in the east is going to think this way you know colonization from from western powers has played a huge role in a lot of the eastern psyches of these major world powers china india and so generally speaking in the west we use astrology as a as a means to an end right how can i use this hack to do something right to to get to something else Whereas really in the East, it's much more accepted as, a, as a, 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 a point of access for deeper contemplation into who we can be, right? And again, it's this, there's a de-emphasis on the ego. So who we are right, is beneficial, not only to ourselves, but to the people around us, right, to our community, to our greater society. In the West, who I am, the more I can individualize myself and separate myself from other people, Right. That includes nature. If I can separate myself from other people, that's seen as a positive trait. That's not really how it is in the East. So you have these these reasons for looking into astrology um, that that play into how we how we conceptualize and how we understand astrology itself, which really is a cultural difference.
1: Yeah, I find I find that so interesting. And just, you know, of course, astrology is a human human made tool. So it's of course, it's going to like the astrology will reflect our cultures and you know what we see but it's just i love to see how the two interact with each other
0: i do want to know i guess okay because becca told me that you spent some time like in mexico and in costa rica i kind of want to know like what your experience was and how there or if you've had any experience i guess talking about astrology with people from those countries or if they showed more western i know i know technically they're western because they were like colonized or whatever. But what did you see when you were like living in those places in terms of like views on astrology and stuff like that and how they applied it?
2: Yeah. So I would say Costa Rica. uh, So I lived on the Caribbean side of Costa Rica. Um, I lived in Puerto Viejo to Talamanca. So that was a, there were expats there. It was more of like a surfing yoga kind of destination. Um, when I went there, there actually wasn't a ton of tourists. So I was working a remote job. There were a few Americans that were living nearby. I was with my partner at the time. So I didn't quite integrate with a lot of the expats that lived there. So it was it was kind of more of like a retreat experience for me. Well, at the, the time that I was down there, um, Mexico was a different story. I was, I was in Tulum, um, actually, which is if anyone knows anything about Tulum, it's like this spiritual like neo mecca of just like tantra and like hindu philosophy yoga um it's it's huge there's an oddly uh huge interest in crypto like web3 i think a lot of a lot of people that live in tulum happen to be super like maybe it's because it attracts so many entrepreneurs i'm not sure but anyway irrelevant but yeah, when i was in tulum there i think because it was so culturally diverse that specific area that i was in in mexico and it was a lot of the people you met there were very open-minded spiritually and you know you'd have someone who was a, a CEO of a startup working remotely at a cafe who was about to go like take plant medicine like on that weekend so there's a lot of it was a very unique culture to be in and so astrology was kind of like almost a no-brainer I think every woman I met there knew the ins and outs of their birth chart and a lot of the women I met there were entrepreneurs themselves and they used astrology in their business. And it was kind of something that they just like, it was a tool that they used to consult. Um, I think that had to do with the fact that a lot of those women were very, very woo-woo in general. And I think maybe there could be some like more superstitious elements there. Like, okay, I'm not going to do this because this one factor in the stars right now. I think there was a lot of like that kind of <laughs> perspective. But yeah, so it was, it was interesting because living in Tulum definitely gave me the confidence to speak about astrology openly with other people because i was in an environment where it was talked about kind of like no big deal like it would just come up in a conversation and you would just kind of move on um so it definitely gave me a lot of confidence i think when i came back to the us and specifically back to boston where i'm from There's not as much of a community here as there were of the people that I had met down in Tulum. So I was kind of back in this environment where it was like, astrology is kind of like this, um, this like taboo kind of like alternative. It's almost seen as like the tarot where it's like this big intuitive, like woo woo question mark. And it's just like, you flip a card and all of a sudden I can tell you like your grandmother's middle name. It's not really like that um but it's still kind of interpreted that way so living abroad was interesting but it I wouldn't say that living in Mexico gave me an accurate perspective on the indigenous people's views of astrology slash if they had their own system which they do my astrology is is a real thing as well I just am not super educated on it yeah didn't we get our birth charts when we were in Tulum we sure yeah.
0: did
1: <laughs> are you kidding me we went on this tour and we went to this like ancient mayan town and the tour guide was like oh if you guys want you know you can buy your own birth charts the the mayans in the village will like do it for you it was like she didn't even have to sell it to us we <laughs> the second she was like if you guys want your birth chart we we're like <laughs> instant purchase we were like like
0: staring at her like we're yes like, we want <laughs> it where do we sign Give our it names? to me like, immediately yeah
1: and it it was interesting because they they were basing it off of the sun and the moon as the two. I they didn't. I didn't see anything about a rising sign, but it was mainly about the sun and the moon, mm-hmm. and you know, creating your kind of whole personality around those two or those two specific placements. But also, they had different. Like, do you remember when we were looking this up? I think it was like they had different. Um, You're like a night person or you're a day person, which I know exists in Western astrology, like depending on when you're born. But they were like, that really affects everything, you know, that I think it was a lot more looking at like mainly the sun and the moon and the time versus, I don't know. But I, we got one piece of paper, so I feel like I can't. (laughs) accurately say anything about mayan astrology from the one piece of paper we got but i did think it was interesting that it focused so much on the sun and the moon and it didn't seem to focus that much on other placements as as strongly
2: yeah yeah well i'm wondering if that has anything to do with some kind of understanding of like the masculine and the feminine like the sun let's just take an analysis of the masculine and feminine energies in you like that could be their version of astrology that could be their use for it I'm not sure but um yeah no I definitely know it exists I just don't know that much about it but that is I feel like
0: that would make sense like the masculine feminine energy just because of like the research that I did from for our last episode just like the Mayans had so much emphasis on like the importance of masculinity and how that equated to like power and stuff like that so I mean it it makes sense that their astrology or you know, the way that they view those things would revolve around the sun versus the moon, masculine mm-hmm. versus feminine.
1: So, Gina, you were talking yeah. a little bit about using tool or astrology as a tool more of self discovery in a way of self reflection. So one, why do you as a professional astrologer love it? But two, why do you think it's such a powerful tool for self reflection?
2: Yeah. So one of the ways that I kind of pitch astrology to people that are astro curious, um, is really that, you know, the, the way that I grew to love astrology was I, I kind of realized that astrology is, it's not only a system, it's not only a craft, but it's really a, a tool that we can use in our own society to almost reclaim our healing journeys right? So it's a, it's a tool for, for deep contemplation, not only into our personality or our personhood, but really the existential questions we have related to ourselves and our personhood that we're going to have throughout life. It's, so it's deeper than a cheat sheet. It's deeper than just a a chart. It's, it's something you can go back to over and over and over again. Right. And self-development, the higher octave of that is self-realization. And I found that so often I go back to my chart and I find something new about myself that I'm so grateful I could see rather than go through these like, you know, Scorpio energy, this, these like trials and tribulations to find out in five years. Um, so it's really, you know, it's, it, the rise of astrology is incredibly Aquarian as well. You know, Aquarian is all about technology and access and justice and being able to, to, to have access and, 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 um, quickly be able to figure out the truth, right? It's about, it's equality, it's humanitarianism. So having this beautiful a- access to this tool is incredibly important. We have the rise of, of therapy, online therapy, of the rise of people Googling their birth charts, right? So it's it's a tool much like therapy that we can really use to reclaim our healing in a way that's that's free. Like astrology. Astro-seek.com is free. It's an amazing tool. I use it in my readings. I don't use a paid app or a paid system or anything. It it's it's so accessible. Um, yeah. So that that's really why I love it. That's why I use it. That's why I pitch it um whenever someone's remotely curious. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Alondra, why I know you're you're a little astrological girl. Why do you like astrology?
0: Um, I think, like she said, well. I feel like earlier when you were kind of um, analyzing my big three, when you said that thing about just like setting boundaries that was super important about the Pisces moon, I feel like for a long time, you know, I didn't know a lot about myself. I didn't know why I was such an emotional person. I didn't know why I was the way I was reacting to things the way that I was reacting and I didn't know why and why other people weren't reacting the way that I was reacting and i think when i finally under like started going into like reading about my birth chart and kind of finding out why i i mean i obviously immediately was like yes 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 like all of that is so me and it made me understand myself better and kind of like you said like understand the tools and like things that i needed to work on in order to i guess like better manage the way that my like emotions fluctuated or like, manage the way that I treat people or the way that I have, like, really serious trust issues and, like, all these different things, right? Um, Because it kind of, like, puts it in your face, like, this is who you are and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but you should maybe like, you know, whatever, like try to work on this or that. Um, And I think a lot of people are so afraid to like face certain parts of themselves. And that just kind of like lays it out there for you. And it's easier to just understand yourself and like, manage your life better when you understand yourself better. Like, like you said, it's like therapy. Um, and my therapist told me that I needed to set boundaries. So I was like, okay, per, <laughs> um, but I just, I just love like, you know, being able to like find out more about myself all the time. Whenever I I feel like I go through life, just like, you know, traumas or turbulences, whatever. I just see more and more and more of myself and I see why I am the way I am. And I see, oh my God, that was so Pisces Venus of me to fall in love with that person that I totally made up in my head or you know um like totally like cut that person out of my life for the one little thing that they did to me because now I'm like traumatized and guarded, um and I just think it's so silly and so fun and I love it so much I love like also just discovering like all of my friends I've I'm like starting to collect birth charts so whenever someone knows like their time and place and all of that of birth I'm like Give it to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's just fun. No, I. it's so much fun. And for me, I think the reason why I like it the most is because, again, I have an Aquarius moon. I don't know if this is necessarily would kind of cause this. But I think I am very rational, kind of data-driven in my belief system. So I have probably at minimum... 30 people's birth charts in my phone at all times. That's why I, this whole episode, I'm like, yeah, Alondra has a Pisces Venus. She also has blah, blah, blah. Like, I have that shit memorized because I am always thinking about my friend's behavior. And I, so my mom and Alondra both have Pisces moons. They are both so, I think I, I, I bring a lot of Pisces moon people in my life. I think I really love them. They're so childlike. They're so... They're so they see the world through such, I don't know, big wide eyes. I I see they just want to they just want to, you know, love everything and be loved and all of that. And I just I love that energy, but I love to see how you and my mom can compare. So I know the way you guys when I'm telling a story, I notice that some people don't really get invested. They're just listening, whatever. But if I tell Alondra a story, it's like she's living through that story with me. And same with my mom. And it's just, it's a funny little quirk that both of you have. Like, it'll be like, oh, you know, I got to the post office and some man like said, oh, get out of the way, fatty. I don't know. <laughs> no one said that. But like, if I was telling Alondra that story, she'd be like, What? What did he just say to you? I'm going to kill him. It's like she is, it's personally happening to her. And my mom is the same way. And so I, I love to kind of collect people's birth charts and be able to say, oh, it's interesting that these two people have these placements in common. I wanna see if that's kind of true. You know? If they and also, when I I like to see it's kind of like reassurance for me that astrology is accurate because when I meet someone new, I kind of like get the overall vibe. And then I like to predict in my head, I'm like, I bet they I bet they have Pisces somewhere in their big three. I don't I feel like it's their moon, but I don't know for sure. And so then actually getting the birth chart, and I'm like, ah, I was right, they have a Pisces moon, or oh my god, I was I was I was not that right. How did I think they blah, blah, blah. So I just think it's so fun to be able to analyze. It's just like pure fun for me. It's just so, it's fun to look at your friends and yourself very deeply and kind of wonder, hmm. And I think also, sorry, I'm just going on and on. But I think it's interesting because I think astrology doesn't necessarily say like because you were born on this day, this is what, this is the kind of person you're going to be. This is the life you're going to have. It's more like, Because these things happen to you in your life and these things will happen to you over, like you have this kind of energy given to you when you're born, like that will shape the way you are and kind of your character traits. And I just think, I mean, that's how I think about the world psychologically. I think, you know, where you are, who you're raised by, who you're around, what country you're in, all of that shapes who you are. And I feel like astrology tells a similar story. And so it makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've kind of seen it that way too, kind of like a blueprint almost. It's so funny because one of my coworkers was like, "Wait, can I give you my five months old birth chart and tell me like who they are?" And I was like, "Oh, like," and I, I obviously like I'm not Gina. I don't know anything compared to you, but you know, I was like, "Oh, like Cancer Moon, like they're gonna be very emotional and stuff," and they're like. They don't cry that much, and I'm like, they're a baby. Like, hold on, <laughs> like, hold on, let them like get through life a little bit. <laughs> but I feel like you know, sometimes it it is like I definitely feel like the things that like you kind of go through, uh the things that happen to you as you go through life, kind of mold into your birth chart. At least for me, that's that's been the way that it that I've seen how it like manifests itself. Just like throughout the years, obviously, as like a five year old, I didn't see. How much of a Pisces moon I was (laughs) but now I do
2: yeah it's so true I think I think what Becca was was talking about is super important too when it when it's really about having fun and experimenting right because as true as astrology is right if we're looking at the correlation definition of astrology It's also important not to become obsessed and attached with it and dependent on it, right? It's important not to be relying on astrology, right? If you're meeting someone new, it's important to be okay not having their birth chart, right? I've I've met so many women who are into astrology, but they're like into it. Like they're very, they're very clinging to it. And it's interesting because a lot of these women are, and it's not just exclusively women. This is just the people that I've met in my life. A lot of these women, they're the types of people that will Google that one thing, right? And it's it goes back to this use case of like, it's a means to an end, right? So it's important not to use astrology to kind of get away with not genuinely getting to know someone or being comfortable in the unknown or unco- the uncomfortable, right? And so just keeping that emphasis on like, yes, it is true, but it's also fun. And it's not, it's not the end all be all, right? It's not the, it doesn't cause anything. That's like, that's something that I have had to learn over and over and over again myself, just to be totally honest. Like there have been periods of my life where, and this is, this is a lot of the reason why I've stuck with it so long. There have been periods of my life where I really had no explanation for things, but I had a hint in a transit chart in astrology, right? A hint going back to my birth chart and figuring out, oh, that's why this is showing up yet again. This is a lesson I have not learned that's preventing me from really going to the next thing that's going to be part of this configuration of my chart that I didn't see before so it's like I said using it more of a tool and a fun tool rather than like clinging to it as like the answer is just super important to remember yeah. that's so funny because
0: i've i whenever I like kind of start talking to people about astrology and They ask me, like, well, which which, um, signs, like, suck or, or like, who's who's crazy? Yeah. And then I'll be like, oh, well, I don't really get along with, um, like, you know, this sign or this sign that much. They're like, well, what if you fall in love with somebody and what if they're the sign that
2: you hate? Like, are you going to break up with them? And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it's not that serious. I know. I know. It's like everyone has Saturn in their chart. Everyone has an eighth house. Everyone's going to have Gemini. Like, everyone has elements of everything, right? No one has a perfect chart. You're never going to come across a chart that doesn't have an opposition or a square, meaning it doesn't have challenging relationships amongst two planets, right? So and again, it goes back to that surface level of like well, tell me about this one thing so I know, right? So now that I'm safe and I can figure that person out. So it's it's interesting how we use it. You know, it's interesting how we interpret the answers even, right? Googling someone's Mars sign or someone's rising sign if they're a Capricorn sun it's like why are you doing that like that being able to answer that question will give you way more insight than the answer itself so
1: (laughs) yeah I think it's interesting too just kind of with any woo-woo uh practice whether it be maybe tarot cards or being a psychic reader or being an astrologer I think and I felt this for sure when you were reading my chart Gina I felt like I was just hoping that you had all the answers, right? I was just begging, like feeling like, okay, so does this mean this? Because I've thought this my whole life, but I'm not sure if my chart my chart actually reflects that. And I think with those kinds of crafts, it's easy for people to just assume that the other person is not a human being and that they have access to this kind of eternal knowledge that you don't have and i think that's why i love astrology so much is because it is like a language as you said you do have to study it you have to learn you know you have to learn all the aspects you have to learn about the houses you have to learn about all of these or you know if you're learning hellenistic astrology but so it's a study But it's something you can do yourself. It's not like you don't have to have this connection to the divine that nobody else has that only you can figure out. I don't know. Or I'm sorry. Yeah. That only somebody else outside of you can kind of give you all of and tell you this is who you are. I think that's like the biggest power in astrology is when you're able to use it. I mean, I'm sure. How do you feel as an astrologer knowing so much about astrology and then applying
2: it to your own life? yeah a hundred percent and that relates back to what i was mentioning before we're really entering this age of aquarius where these tools right for to, to bring about more harmony and to bring about more humanitarian uh energy into our culture just across the board right astrology you can literally google it now whereas in these ancient civilizations you know, in in, in Babylon, in, in India, right, in the Roman Empire, in the Greek Empire, even in the United States, astrologers were literally high class citizens. It was a secret knowledge that if you were smart enough and you were rich enough, you could have access to. And so here we are in modern day society, we're in a totally different state of mind, right? You can Google things that you would, could only dream about knowing just a couple thousand years ago. Um, I just think that's, that's incredible. And that's, yeah, that's another reason why I just think it's such a valuable tool, right? Not, not only to, to figure out parts of yourself, but it's a valuable tool, especially now to figure out where you want to go in life. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are the pain points you're always going to have? Well, how are you always going to react emotionally when you're, when you're in a state that's uncomfortable or you don't feel particularly safe? What traits are going to kick in? Right, learning how you're going to feel, leaning into your rising sign, learning how you feel when when things go really well. Right, chasing those feelings and those positive traits of the rising sign. There's just so much that we can look into that we just never had access to before.
1: Yeah, to me, that's that's very exciting. I mean, you know, technology is yeah. is changing rather quickly and evolving and that can be a really scary thing to think about and I think I have been seeing it through a more (gasps) terrified oh I don't know what's going to happen kind of lens but to think about the democratization of knowledge that we essentially have because of the internet oh my goodness and all this ancient knowledge that's kind of resur- resurfacing during this time i mean i think we're having a very like you know kind of 70s woo woo Everyone, it's getting more mainstream to believe in things like astrology but to me it's like more people than ever probably are going to have access to this knowledge and not only access but they can do it themselves. Like it's physically fits in your little hands, you know, with your phone. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what's going to happen and, you know, what, what we're going to do with these amazing tools that are, that are resurfacing that we, de- we so desperately need right now. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming to chat with us today, Gina. So where can people find
2: you? Yeah. So I primarily live on Instagram. Uh, So my Instagram is Gina Maffey underscore Astro. Uh, So I'm sure those will be in the show notes. Um, You can follow my link tree. That's going to be in my bio. You can book a reading with me. Uh, I love doing soul purpose readings. That's kind of my signature thing. Taking a look at the big three in the chart, as well as career indicators. Soul, you know, really the strengths of your soul indicators. Um, I love focusing really on personhood. Um, and, and who you are and who you want to be. So if you're interested in those types of readings, follow the link tree, book a reading, and we can chat.
1: Yeah, and I just want to say real quick, I mean, I'm sure you guys can totally pick up Gina's vibe. She is so grounded in her approach and the way she talks about astrology. She did read my birth chart. She's a homie. And this is speaking from someone who, I mean, I, I don't know a lot, about of astro- or a lot about astrology, but I probably know more than like the average Joe. So... I just thought everything you were saying it was it not it felt like a lot of the things I already knew about my birth chart but even more like pointed and you putting everything together because I think that's you know that's kind of something special I mean I think most astrologers should aim to do that but I think that's something you really do very well is seeing how everything plays together holistically and yeah you're just I'm so excited to see what you're gonna do with your business to see all of I don't know, all the great charts you're going to read and to keep talking to you about this because you're so knowledgeable and I just love to learn.
2: I know. Thank you so much for having me. It was so great chatting with both of you. Thank you for coming. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to hear how people react to this episode. I think it's going to be very positive.
1: Yes. I, I mean, it better be, guys. I don't want to hear a single negative comment.
0: Five stars only.
1: Five stars only. <laughs> or we're we're coming, coming for you. you. Exactly. <laughs> That's our official stance on this pod Is Alondra and I are coming for your ass? So five stars are nothing. Five stars are nothing. Speaking of, Alondra and I officially have set up our Patreon, which is really exciting. And so we officially have two bonus episodes. One is in English, it's an interview with my friend Sarah. And then the other one is going to be an interview in French with my friend Chen, who is from China. So if you are maybe learning French or already speak French and would like to listen to that episode or want to listen to me and my friend Sarah in English, we do have that available on our Patreon. It's going to be patreon.com slash culturallyconsciouspod. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That does help us out a lot. And if you guys have anything you want to say, if you want to talk about your birth chart or if you guys have questions for us or for Gina, maybe we can bring her back on the pod for another astrology episode. I'd certainly love that. So please, if you have anything to email us, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at culturallyconsciouspod at gmail.com
0: yeah and follow us on our instagram also culturally conscious pod we'll um post all of our little updates there anytime we post anything like that and all of our links are on our link tree on there as well um we have a lot of fun little things coming up that we're really excited about for our bonus episodes and just future episodes on the podcast so we cannot wait to keep you guys updated and hopefully you guys want to follow along
1: with us. We're so excited about everything that's to come. Absolutely. So thank you again so much, Gina. Thank you, Alondra, for doing this with me. I love you both. Love you. And we love you guys. So thank you again for listening. I hope you guys learned something. I know I sure did. I know Alondra did. Gina, I don't know if you, lo- you, lo- you learned knowledge or lost some by talking to us, but you know... <laughs> Thank you again, guys. Thank you. Bye.